Meredy Football Podcast. Back again for the new season after a short break. I needed a break, Stefan. Last time we spoke, it was nothing but devastation. So it's good to be back. Had some time to reflect. I needed, uh, needed some space and some peace. And now I'm ready for the new season. Excited, actually. Oh, the life of a football fan. From despair to excitement. That's good. Well, the good thing for me is I'm an England fan. I'm not really a fan of any other team. I like certain players, and that's what we're going to get into, and that's why it's so exciting. But I like the change, you know, from Grealish to Manchester City, Sancho to United. I know we have Messi moving on, and it looks like Lukaku is coming on. But one thing I want to make clear, I don't want to talk about any rumors, really, unless it's like 90% like done the, like Lukaku one looks like it's basically done because we know Inter Milan need to sell and Chelsea yeah. is very interested in buying and have the means to buy so I don't want to talk about any of the rumors but so far what is the transfer that caught your eye in a positive way well uh, it's funny that you said that you like the change because transfer window is obviously my favorite time of the year but in regards to like a set transfer that has caught my eye you know, really and truly, none of them have as of yet. Certain, certain ones stick out more to me, you know. Going back to even the Euros, I said for a while that um, it was very obvious that Man City are, are chasing Grealish and Kane, and I thought those were very weird, weird transfers for them. But they've gone through Grealish. Like, honestly, it kind of surprises me that Man City have just splashed the cash because as much as we've said for years, Man City like to spend... They've always kind of maintained a certain threshold of spending. They've never really passed that $60 million mark. But for some reason, this summer, they just went in, no negotiations, they just paid the fee, and now they have a new attacking midfielder to throw into their system. It was interesting on Grealish because Grealish, I'm not sure Grealish at his best is better than any of their attacking players. I really, I really can't say that without... like. I think I'm a huge Grealish fan, but if you were to say Mares Grealish at their best, I don't know where I'd lean. Bernardo Silva Grealish at their best, I, I, I don't know where I'd lean. So the, the unknown about this Grealish signing is, is quite interesting. But clearly, Guardiola um, and his staff believe that, that Grealish is the type of football player who's going to extend this window for this team. The, yeah. the Kevin De Bruyne window, as we can call it now, because Aguero is now gone. I do understand the Hurricane one. I didn't think it was so weird because um, Pepper's always been an admirer of him and they, they can't really trust anybody else on their squad to score goals. So in that, in that regards, can you go through another season without a striker? It, they won the Premier League, but that was a COVID hit leave. They went to the Champions League final where they lost. And you can't, I, I can't tell me that if they didn't have Hurricane, maybe he turns a, a quarter chance into a goal. Um, his type of movement is a different variation to what they have. Uh, another thing that surprised me about that move was I'm surprised that Grealish, when he signed this contract last year, because I remember when he signed the contract last year, I was like, oh, he doesn't have much motivation to go to another club. To put in a hundred mil, that that's quite that's quite inspiring by Villa, if you ask me. Like they were saying, yeah, yeah, you can go for sure. But it's going to be a hundred mil. I think that's inspired management. 
But when you look at <clears throat> Villa, you look at what they have uh, basically spent the money on. They they spent the money before they actually got the money. When you look at yeah. Bailey, for example, what do you think about their signings? Before we jump into that, like you highlighted something that I want to reiterate is the unknown with Jack Grealish. Because one of the things that we've heard about Jack Grealish going there is that Pep wants to um, throw him in as a number eight. Something that Grealish said he can play. For me, I've seen Grealish play number eight on a few occasions for Aston Villa and he's never looked good there. We've had this debate before. A lot of people have been wondering why he wasn't thrown into central midfield for England. And the fact is because when he's played there in his club career, he's been poor there. But we did say after the Euros that for England to progress, they likely need one of those attacking mids to get developed into something. And this is going to be interesting for England moving forward for you, but Jack Grealish, if he's really going there to play number eight, that's, that's an interesting thing. Pep loves a challenge. Pep loves to manipulate players and change them. So let's see how it goes. But I was watching his unveiling and Jack Grealish essentially said he could play anywhere for Man City. He said he could play fast nine, on the right, on the left, or anywhere in central midfield. So interesting. I've, I've already say that is good for England. But even if Grealish was to end up playing that number eight role and being top six player in the EPL... The style of football player play that Manchester City play, that's just not going to happen for England. It's just never going to happen. So <laughs> it is not going to make much of a difference. So I'm no, not really we'll excited about that because it's for England, just you know, to sidetrack, England is more about style of play than personnel right now, especially in international football. Really, I, I just don't see it because you already have Gundogan who's coming off of one of the best seasons a midfielder in Europe has had. Yeah, you, you know, I'm sure Guardiola learned his lesson from the Champions League final that you need someone to at least clean up behind Gundogan. So that's two positions. Uh, so what are you going to do? You're going to bench De Bruyne? And if you start Harry Kane, he's, he, that's another position that is taken up. So for me, I, I look at it and say to myself, Guardiola, in my opinion, is basically grooming someone to take over from De Bruyne and that they splash the cash because I think they're going to want to sell De Bruyne at the end of this year. And if they're smart, if they don't win the Champions League again, or even if they win the Champions League again, I've all, I said this to you years ago in our long, long, long gone podcast. I remember Yaya Torre had a great year and people said I was just hating on him. You always sell a year early versus a year late. And I believe that Jack Grealish is coming into this city's team to replace Kevin De Bruyne. Didn't I, expect that, did you? You didn't expect did that not. one, did you? <laughs> I, did not, I did not expect that one. And I fundamentally disagree. I don't think that's what's going to happen at all. De Bruyne just signed a new contract a couple months ago. He's Grealish just person. signed a contract last year at Villa. Yeah, but Grealish was at Aston Villa. This <laughs> is Kevin players, De Bruyne. Players, players sign the, contracts all the, the time. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This, is, this should be the last point on Grealish and Man City and all of this. But here's the thing. When I said that Grealish and Kane are weird signings for Man City, people came back to me and said, why? Pep loves those type of players. And I did say... I didn't say it was weird for Pep. I said it was weird for Man City. Because really and truly, they're bringing in two players who are 
just as important to their clubs as Kevin De Bruyne is to Man City. They're ball handlers. How do you fit all three of them in? Well, maybe you don't in the long run. So maybe you're right, but we'll see. That's interesting, though. Well, of course, for me to be right, Grealish is going to have to ball out. Like, Grealish is going to have to be Iniesta-type level. Um, because yeah. that's a level... To replace a player like Kevin De Bruyne, that is the type of level that Grealish has to play. The fact that they just said, we're going to pay 100 mil, clearly means that Guardiola thinks he's of that level. Correct? Yeah. But it's yeah. either Guard, it's either Gundogan or De Bruyne is going to go. Right, Foden is too young. They're not going to sell him, correct? And Gundogan yeah. plays a type of football ball retention that you need beside Jack Grealish, right? So one, one player is going to be left out, and that yeah. player is going to be Kevin De Bruyne. They are going to move on from De Bruyne, and oh, it shouldn't yeah. be a surprise when De Bruyne was hurt. Guardiola had no problems sliding in Bernardo Silva, right? And even when and when Kevin De Bruyne came back, he was hesitant to bring back De Bruyne, correct? Yep, so yep. you follow my logic here. He was hesitant I to mean, bring back De Bruyne. <laughs> and it wasn't until Bernardo Silva dropped in form, injuries, whatever, and De Bruyne went back up to a new level that we actually saw, okay, it was Kevin De Bruyne's team again and Bernardo Silva is gone. And don't forget, We've seen Manchester City play quite well without Kevin De Bruyne. It's not as if... I have said many times that I prefer a Man City without De Bruyne. So, I'm a huge fan of De Bruyne. You ask me the top five football player in the world, so it's not like that. I'm not the one making these decisions. I'm just reading the chalk on the board. I'm following the lines on the board here. And the maze tells me, at the end of the maze, when you find X marks a spot, the X is going to be Jack Grealish in, Kevin De Bruyne out. Boy, we shall see. Well, let's leave it there. And let's jump back to what you brought up earlier. Austin Villa, how are they spending the Jack Grealish money? Well, we have our favourite Jamaican footballer now in the Premier League. Um, our friend Craig did not get his wish for a Real Madrid transfer or anything like that. But I'm excited to see Leon Bailey in the Premier League. It's been a long time in the works. At least that's what people have you believe. But... I think Aston Villa is the type of level of side that he should be able to come and break into. Uh, I know a lot of Jamaicans, they, they, they really overrate Leon Bailey. They think he's already top 10 in the world. Um, people have been saying Aston Villa is beneath him. They, they really aren't. But Aston Villa's sightings on a whole to me, not, imp- not impressed at all. Before I get into the, the Leon Bailey quickly, I want to mention this. De Bruyne is 30 years of age. He's going to be 31 next June. So, yeah. For those of you that might be thinking that what, what I'm saying is outlandish or how I said it when they should have done it with Yaya Torre back in 2014, they didn't. If they've learned their lesson, this is the time to do it. Anyway, with Leon Bailey, Leon Bailey is an interesting one because I can openly say this. Me and his father have had have a history and it's not a good history. Um, anyone that knows me personally knows my feelings towards his father. So it's, I've tried to separate my my disdain for his um, adopted father for the football player who's done nothing. Yeah. But I've always said this. I've, the, when I've watched Leon Bailey play, I just don't understand who he's a professional football player. It's just a riddle to me. He doesn't seem like he has the ball handling. His skills, the ball is always flying all over the place. 
he has yeah. a very good shot. Uh, he has a fantastic shot. Yeah. Aside from that, I just don't see. I don't see him weaving in and out. But it worked in the Bundesliga, and for that, I have to give him credit. I just don't know how he's a professional football player at this high level. To me, he looks like a championship level football player with a Premier League level shot strike. So we're going to find out. So the the my questions about him will be answered this year, and that's what I'm excited to see. Here's the thing with Leon Bailey. I think he has a few skill. He has a few assets in his skill set that really um, push him in the spotlight. Really good shot. Really, really good shot. And he has he can whip across. Speed is there, and in a system where you give him space to run and strike a football, he will always have impressive moments. And that's mostly what he's had at Bayer Leverkusen. If you watch him consistently, you know that depending on who they're playing, if they have more of the ball, if there's tighter spaces for him to manipulate, he kind of struggles there. And that's why we see for Jamaica. When he comes to play for Jamaica, there's more expectation raised. Jamaica is usually on the better side of most of their Caribbean opponents, so their opponents are sitting back at them, saying you have to break them down. He's not really a breakdown player. He's someone who runs into channels, strikes the ball. The best I've ever seen Leon Bailey play, uh, highest level Bundesliga, Bayer Leverkusen. He was playing left wing back in a back five. Gave him space. It gave him space to run into. It gave him space to run at wing backs. And he excelled there. At that point in time, I used to say, you know, it's funny because he kind of reminds me of a, of a Canadian guy by the name of Alfonso Davies. Alfonso was very similar in that kind of skill set. Good shot, sprint, etc. Both are playing left wing back for, well, Alfonso's playing left wing back for Canada, but playing left wing for Bayern Munich at that point in time. What has happened, Alfonso is now a left back, probably one of the best in the world. And Bailey, he's just kind of meandering in a, in a weird little space where you expect more, but he doesn't really deliver. Yeah, but when he was on, when he, when he was in Germany, he was highly rated, highly respected. Uh, and admired, and he had a fantastic year. And, and right, back, well, but that was at left back and right back in, in a back five. But last year he played more in an advanced position, and I saw him play. And when he picks up the ball, he's checking one way, the ball is going there, and I'm wondering the recovery touch is poor, but somehow it works. Yeah, uh, last year he had a better season than the previous one, but I don't think his best his best seasons for Bayer Leverkusen were. Those first two, one and a half. He came over in the, in the, in the window, started off very well. And the next season, he was pretty good as well. But since then, he's never been as good as those seasons. For Last me, year, he got better and he's, he scored a few more goals. But again, very inconsistent player. Um, but yeah, I think the EPL actually suits him too. When you look at Leon Bailey and he has the goals, he has assists, played well in the Europe Cup. I'm not hating on him. I just watch him play and I just don't see. For me, as I said, I've seen players like Damar Gray or even back in the day. I know he's still playing um, Andres Townsend. I thought Andres Townsend, for example, is just a much better um, football player. Like even uh, the former Arsenal player that went to Everton, uh, Names moment. Oh, yeah, like to me, a player like Awobi is just much more talented, much more secure with the ball. He's just the overall flow of how he plays better. And I don't think Awobi was any high level talent, or even like to me, Awobi is a mid table player um, who who could have moments of top six level player. Like when I watch 
Leon Bailey, I don't see that. But I don't want to get stuck on him. I'll say if Leon Bailey plays well, I'll be the first person to say he's really good. And if he sucks, I'll be the first person to point that out as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, overall, I think it's a good move for him. I, overall, I don't think Austin Villa's moves are that impressive. They've decided to do the Spurs thing and split 100 million across one across variety of players. We'll see how it goes for them. They had a decent season last year. Let's hope they can kick on just for the I, entertainment. I heard... Um, I heard the chief executive talking about it, trying to, you know, put put um, the pieces together to replace a Grealish and to add to the team. But I always remember the, the greatest owner in any sport, um, former Lakers owner, um, boss. He said when Kobe Bryant wanted a trade, he said, Kobe, you're a five-carat diamond. If, if I trade you in for five single one-carat diamonds, they will not be worth you as a one um, five carat diamond, and that's what I always remember. Like you don't you don't replace a five carat diamond with individual one carat diamonds. You need to replace yeah. the five carat diamond with a with 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 a four carat, two carat, three carat. <laughs> if you're planning on becoming better, like that's that's what you have to do. And um, I don't see it happening, but we'll see. Jaden Sancho to Manchester United. The what should have happened last year it finally happens this year. Uh, Jaden Sancho uh, gone back and forth with Sancho. I've always said I don't know if he has that extra gear to be a type of football player to just wreck defenses, but he's still very young. And I felt even the limited time that he got for England, he looked faster. He looked like he grew a bit, and his strides were just much more dominant. Uh, so in that regard, great signing for Manchester United. And I think this, like Jaden Sancho is what I hope he is. You could be looking at, dare I say, the Lionel Messi of the English Premier League. Maybe I'm just hyping <laughs> it up a bit too much. That's a, that's a lot too much. Uh, but no, I, I agree. It's a good signing for them. It should have happened last year. Manchester, Manchester United should have done what they needed to do last year to get him over. I think it's a good addition. I personally have felt for a while Man United needed another attacker in that front three. There was definitely an over-reliance on the likes of um, Rashford, who was essentially playing <laughs> with his body falling apart last year. Um, Sancho comes in, gives them another dimension, gives them assists in the final third, gives them goals in the final third, variety of attacking positions that he can play. It, it should, in theory, just be a seamless transition. He should do well for, for United. And it gives them the depth. Because you have Jesse Lingard to come back on the bench and you have Martial there as well. So you have that, that depth to, to deal with the long season with yeah. Rashford's injuries or whatever. But the, the thing with Manchester United is going to come back down to the same issue. What Paul Pogba are we going to see? Is Paul Pogba going to be the type of football player who, against... Switzerland European Championship. As I said, I was calling him Papa Pogba. That was my name for Paul Scholes. He used to call Paul Scholes Papa Scholes when he used to those boss games at his best. And Paul, Paul Pogba put on a show, which ironically enough, that performance got highly criticized by his own teammates. So, um, you know, and, you know, me, I'm on the opposite. I, I just thought if we're going to see that Paul Pogba, type of football player that's going to just boss football games and just be absolutely phenomenal with his passing, scoring great goals, getting into the right positions and complementing what Bruno Fernandes does. 
then no, we're not just looking at a team that can win the EPL. We're looking at a team that can win the Champions League. Boy, the Champions League. Here's the thing. I, I don't think we'll ever see Pogba and Bruno Fernandes mesh together perfectly. I've never thought it was a good midfield arm for three. United's issues, they'll go back to the same issues they had last year. I don't think that midfield three is good enough. Whether it's Pogba, um, Bruno Fernandes, McTominay, Fred, I just don't see three midfielders that you can put together that would win new titles. Sanchez is a great addition. They've also signed Varane, who I think has the, has the capability of being a great addition. But central midfield has to be sorted out. Uh, they need a right back for me. I'm not a big fan of Wanda Saka. I found it funny the other day that a, um, a championship defender said after a preseason game against him that he cannot defend to save his life. Um, Who can't yeah. defend? Juan Basaka. I think Juan Basaka can defend. I'm not going to go with you on that platform. I think he's a very. I, I here's the. Thing. I didn't say I agree with him. I just thought it was funny. I personally think Juan Juan Basaka's defend overall defending is overrated because he's a superb one-on-one tackler. But I mean, every week we're seeing him caught out at the back post. He's constantly having to recover for positions. So he's not. He's not Maldini yet. He's a good young player defensively, but. As a player, I would upgrade on. I'm surprised they haven't done it already. But no, I think when United... You pay, when you pay that money for a fullback, and I've always said in my... I don't... That's one position I would never overpay for, is fullback. Because I always believe you can get some cheap ones and you train one to just be there. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe United need to waste resources there. Where, of course, you want to improve that... That Fred McTominay... Um, Pivot there, that Fred McTominay pivot that Solskjaer went went with. When you look at a look at a side like Chelsea, for example, right system, players that want to play with each other, it worked. I don't think Chelsea have any more talent than than Manchester United. I would say Manchester United even have more talent, and they won the Champions League. So in the right system, you're going to have one or two pieces that might not be perfect. I think once. I believe, I'm not going to say I think, I believe Juan Basaka is the type of football player who can win a Premier League. Uh, I've seen worse right backs win the Premier League. I, I believe Juan Basaka is better than, than Asby for Chelsea, for example. Uh, uh, I, think, I think a lot of his attacking prowess, let's call it, is, is downgraded because they're comparing him to other fullbacks who have just far better attacking ability. But I don't think it's that bad as people... People suggest I, I have no problem with United's defense. Maguire very good. Um, Shaw has keep has gotten much better. Was one of the best left backs at European Championships. Was the best left back in the Premier League last year. And um, Juan Basaka, I believe he's a top five right back in the English Premier League. What they're getting from Varane, that's that's important. I, I think Varane will be better at Manchester United because he will have Harry Maguire beside him. That's a stable partner beside him who who I think balances out his skill set. Uh when uh but people need to also realize that we're not getting the Varan of three years ago. We're getting the Varan on a cut price deal for a reason. So he might he, he will not be the same level that he was at Madrid's height, but I don't think he will be at the lows that he was at Real Madrid the previous two seasons. Yeah, but you see, the way you're making it sound is like if everything goes perfect for Manchester United, they have a chance of um, winning the Premier League. Yeah, sure, that, that could be applied to every team, though. Will everything go perfect? Will that midfield finally gel together in a way that actually makes sense? 
I, uh, it hasn't before, so why would it know? Sancho's that, a big. That's athlete. the issue. That's the issue. I think that Tack is going to score goals. I think the, I think Solskjaer's primitive system with this talent is going to win games. But will they be able to to overachieve like what we saw with Chelsea last season, which I felt they overachieved? You know, I'm no big fan of what Chelsea did last year. Um, but that's Chelsea's DNA. People talk about what is Chelsea. We've seen this. Chelsea is successful when they played the way how they played last year. Every manager that's come to Chelsea, they are successful when they play the way. It doesn't matter. The players change. The coaches change. Whatever changes, the grass changes. <laughs> the, the way when Chelsea play that way, that reactive system with hardworking, enough skill in midfield with the Conte and Jorginho, working very, very well. Give them that. You know, I'm no huge fan of Conte, huge fan of Jorginho. Uh, they able to succeed. So that's where Manchester United has seen. As I said to you, when England, and go back to England again, you have to, as a manager, find ways to, over, to overcome some of your limitations. You're not going to be the perfect team. No matter how much money you spend, you're never going to be the perfect team. Right, yeah. um, you, you have to find a limit. There's going to be a weakness that you have to overcome. So yes, the other team has you don't have that central midfielder. So, what you're going to do, just quit? It's like you yeah. meet a girl and you, you're just going to just quit. You can't just quit. So, uh, so, so, Solskjaer is going to have to do that. They gave him a central defender of pedigree. Um, still, was it 28, 27, 28? Varane, so he's in his prime. Uh, you get, they gave him one of the best attacking players in Europe. So, and Paul Pogba is still there. And Paul Pogba, based on any definition, is a top 10 central midfielder in Europe and at his best, maybe one of the, the best players in all of Europe. So he has that. And he has Bruno, who's highly rated, coming off of a poor Euros. So the talent is there. I don't want to hear any excuses. I need to... They need to do something in the UEFA Champions League. I'm not saying they need to win, but they need to do something productive. Yeah, talent is there. Um, as you said, Chelsea have done similar things in the past, but the difference between Chelsea and Manchester United is that, and this is something you touched on, the players buy in. Will Pogba buy in? He's never really bought in into those reactive tactics for a club. Again, I'm not doubting the talent that they have per se. I do think they have some limitations personal-wise in the squad, but what they do have, the top talent they do have, I still just don't see it working in a way that people would have hoped it would work. I, as I've said before, that midfield, I will always have questions about it. I will never believe Pogba, Bruno, any other midfielder they throw with them is going to work. But you never know. They could be reactive for the entire season and grind it out. No, I think that's going to be too difficult with, with Pogba, Bruno, Rashford and Sancho. The type of players that need to play on the front front foot to be effective. And Luke Shaw, I don't even, I don't think Luke Shaw is a reactive left back. Luke Shaw is better yeah. when he's playing high up the pitch and almost yeah. when if whoever comes in, he's almost he's that overlapping player. If you're asking Luke Shaw to be a reactive left back, he's going to struggle just like how he did under Mourinho. Granted, a lot of that has to do with injuries, but that's just not Luke Shaw. <laughs> this is not Luke Shaw. The, the reason why I think it can work because I can see Manchester United at times having the back the, the back four really becoming a back three with one Basaka playing similar to what we saw Kyle Walker do from time to time, 
being able to join from central defense into the midfield attack, having that back three stability, pushing Luke Shaw further, allowing Rashford to roam in, allowing Pogba to push up further. I can see that. That's something that I can see Manchester United doing and being successful at. Yeah. When you look, I don't want to, um, people might ask if we're going to talk about Lionel Messi. I want to talk about Lionel Messi when Lionel Messi's next move is confirmed. I'm not going to, um, we'll talk about that when it's happening. A lot of people have already spoken about it. When it happens, then we talk about it. But a move, I'm going to contradict myself here, a move that's almost about to happen. Lukaku, I just read on Twitter, the, the great sources of Twitter, that, <laughs> <laughs> that Lukaku is going to, to Chelsea. Uh, we look at this Chelsea team, Champions League winners. Hey, I said if Pep had won the championship without a striker, he deserves all the credit in the world. Tuchel did it, so he deserves all the credit in the world. Uh, Lukaku, former Chelsea player, now back at Chelsea, coming back as one of the 10 best football players in the world. And you know when people say he's a top 10 football player and you ask them to name the 10 best football players and they name like 25 players? <laughs> yeah. Can't name 10 players better than Lukaku right now. So he's a solid top 10 football player. So you have, you have him. Uh, I'm looking forward to hudson Adoy this season. really need him. I hope he doesn't switch allegiances because the type of football player that I want to see England play is dribbling. Uh, so it's the question for Chelsea is who's going to be the t- who's going to be able to get to play around Lukaku? And I think Lukaku's arrival is great news for Werner. For Werner? Yeah, great news for him. I think Werner oh. will play very well off of Lukaku coming off of that left-hand side. I really do. Mm-hmm. And I do think that Chelsea will soon, sooner or later have to switch back to a back four for most of the season, just like Conte did, found out that eventually the parlor trick wears out and teams are going to figure you out. And I believe that they will go back to a three in the middle. You'll have Conte, you'll have Jorginho. Um, and don't be even surprised if you don't see Kovacic, because if you look at Chelsea tactically, people forget Kovacic was actually was who Tuchel wanted to start alongside Jorginho, but then got hurt. And then Conte came in and played that overlapping right-back role played very, very well. And you know my views on Conte. If you play a back three and you have another holding midfielder beside him, he will look very good. Yeah. play two and you have Jorginho beside him, there's going to be struggles there. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kovacic comes in, um, Tuchel tries to use more ball possession. Uh, I see Mason Mount being more of a central midfielder this year. And Hudson-Odoi being that dynamic, dynamic wide attacker that I hope that I and that what's the word I'm looking for that I that I'm hopeful to see. Yeah, yeah, Chelsea are an interesting prospect going into the season. Um, they have too much challenge. <laughs> yeah, truly. To the, to the point where last year I said that they had the type of talent that they couldn't even fit the pieces together because they were so contradictory. I'm surprised that you say it's going to be a beneficial move for Werner in regards to, to Lukaku. Um, not too long ago, I, I was reading Tuchel saying that um, for Werner to be successful, they needed a centre forward who could play to his, with his back to goal, could hold up the ball, um, wants to get involved with his teammates. And they're signing Lukaku, I think, is the antithesis of that. 
Yeah, because um, Lukaku likes to turn and run with the ball. People, yeah, and but he will fum- he 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 will fumble it a lot. But and but the thing is with Lukaku, I'm sorry to cut you off. He's a space mover. He's yeah. a space. He moves the space with him, and that's what I think Werner will have to be in. And 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 Werner does the positioning isn't the problem. It was just, it no, was the finishing. So I think he'll get more chances to finish and. He it's not even the, it's not even the he gets chances too. It's really just the finishing. That boy has missed a plethora of chances, without question. So I look at I look at Werner. I think he's going and I think Tuka likes him, so he's going to work with him. Where does that so that leaves really and truly Kai Havertz and Hudson Adoy? The the reports are Hudson Adoy is back to himself after the Achilles injury, hamstring injury, COVID. It was a year, you know, the contract disputes. They says he's gotten back his two yards of pace. Um, that plus his maturity, as you know, he's only 20, 21 years old. The dribbling skills. Uh, that's the type. Of, those are the type of football players I love in attack. The type of football players, you give them the ball in the last third. You don't have to coach them. They don't know what to do with it. So there's a dangerous. My thing with Chelsea is that I, feel, I felt with the exception of, well, now with Lukaku, is I felt like a lot of their players were like seven out of ten, seven and a half out of ten. There was no real standout football player. Jorginho, mm-hmm. of course, is a standout football player, and Lukaku, of course, will be a standout football player. So yeah. you know, people will be whispering, but what about Kante? What about Kante? <laughs> I think that's going to be the running theme of, of all these podcasts. What about Kante? He, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's seven, yeah. seven, yeah. He fits in that seven out of ten, seven and a half out of ten player. So, um, that's uh, yeah, no, I, I do agree with you. I think Lukaku is the now marquee player for them. I would have been more interested to see Haaland come over, but it doesn't seem like they want to spend that kind of money. But no, Lukaku is going to definitely bring a different element to their attack. He might be a souped up version of what Timo Werner is, really and truly. That's how I kind of see him. He will move space. I'm interested to see how he's going to cope with um, defenses that sit a bit more compact because from the little I saw of him in Serie A last season, and I won't pretend to have watched many an Inter game last year because they were coached by one of the most boring managers in the game, but they seem to say always... Name, say his name, say his name. <laughs> Antonio Conte. Yeah, former Chelsea manager. Former yeah. Chelsea manager. And the guy and the man who wanted Lukaku at Chelsea before he was disrespectfully given Alvaro Morata. <laughs> but um, no, uh, what, what was I, what was I saying? What I was saying was in Italy they seem to contest teams like to sit back. Everyone knows that they like hit on the break, and they they really managed to engineer a lot of opportunities or instances where Lukaku was essentially running into an empty half line. If he pushed it past the defender, nobody was stopping him. And he could run into the half. A lot of those chances came for him in Serie. A lot of those moments. I don't necessarily think, based on how the English tend to play football, we're going to see defenses sit back. So there's going to be less space for that kind of thing to happen. How? But my, my counter to that, Stefan, is this: playing for Belgium, playing in that style over the different years, he's been quite adept at being able to to turn on a dime and shoot forward, being able to pull wide. Um, different, different, different wings. So, yeah, he did that for Belgium for sure. While he was at Manchester United, 
not able to do it for Manchester United. So I, again, I don't really put any credence on international football's performances. Yeah. Uh, well, this well, the good thing about this move is we'll find out if Inter was a fluke or if it was, yeah, I certainly think, or if it's a habit. Yeah, I, I certainly do think the Lukaku that's coming back to England is two, three levels better than the one that left. I think he's definitely much better than when Manchester United sold him. I know a lot of, I know like it was split about 50 50 when he left Manchester United. Fans were saying he should stay, some were saying he should go. I definitely think the right move for I would, United. I wouldn't think it was 50 50. I thought it was more 70 30. When you watch Lukaku play for United, he just didn't look like he fit at that level yeah. of club. Yeah, I, well, my point is that at that point in time, I think the right move was for United to get rid of him. He comes back now. He has another chance to vindicate himself with the EPL. Um, good luck to him. Well, we've spent a lot, a lot of time talking. Look forward to talking to you this weekend. And we'll discuss Lionel Messi more and likely talk more about some other teams. And hopefully we get some more clarity on Jack Grealish replacing Kevin De Bruyne, as I predicted. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if that one comes through next year, boy, I never know what I'll do. Well, well, hopefully it's not my. Um, well, we shall see. I'm not going to waste. I'm not going to waste any gem. We're going to have to see. All right, All Stefan. Right. Um, talk to you on the weekend. Peace. Right, cool.